Welcome to The Heart Podcast. I'm Laura Templer. This week, we have Dr. Joao Lima, who's a professor of medicine in the Department of Cardiology in Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore. He's here to talk about his research published in Heart, which looks at combining niacin with statins to reduce plaque. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Lima. How are you today? I am doing very well, thank you. For a start, could you tell us a bit about the background to this study? Yes, uh, this is a study that we initiated um, here at Hopkins. We contacted uh, the National Institutes on Aging. I was a former fellow of the National Institutes on Aging, and I was very interested on the fact that um, statins are uh, difficult to use in the elderly because uh, they cause uh, more, uh, they appear to cause more musculoskeletal problems than um, we are generally aware or that's been reported in, in clinical trials. So very often the elderly discontinues statins and um, it's been well established that um, uh, the elderly are a segment of the population that needs uh, the most or among uh, the the segments of our population that need to be protected by statins since their rates of uh, cardiovascular events are so uh, high. So the rationale for this was very simple. Um, if we added niacin to statins, um, would we be able to achieve a greater uh, uh, response using a surrogate marker, which here was uh, plaque volume measured by MRI. We had experience with this, uh, with a surrogate measured from past work done in the aorta. And we thought, well, let's measure in the carotids and uh, test if um, statins plus placebo and uh, is... Uh, if uh, is inferior or equal to statins plus niacin. Plus niacin. Um, so the idea was to be able to uh, provide a greater, um, greater effect uh, by adding niacin to um, to statins in treating the elderly patient at risk for cardiovascular events with the idea that if we establish that, that then we could titrate and uh, decrease in further studies, decrease the, the statins and maybe increase the niacin and uh, reach an ideal combination with less, less statins um, or uh, less statins needed to achieve the same reduction in atherosclerotic plaque. That was the hypothesis of the study, that uh, niacin combined with statins would be superior to um, statins combined with placebo. Right, I see. And you used MRI to try to accurately measure lipid volumes in the vessel walls. Could you tell us a bit more about it? Oh yes, this is a very uh, is a very accurate technique for atherosclerosis. We had um, worked um, in developing these methods along with other 
um, other investigators at Mount Sinai School of Medicine. Uh, for example, we did at the same time. At the same time, we did a similar trial, even though it was completely independent. So we had the same idea to use. Um, uh, this methodology to look at the effect of high versus low doses of simvastatin therapy, so statin therapy. And we both showed, uh, our groups uh, in parallel show that the reduction in plaque size was very similar using, um, uh, was, was very similar in the two studies. When we, uh, in other words, high dose statins reduced plaque to a greater extent than low dose statins, and this could be seen uh, in two studies that were practically independent. Um, the another group out in Seattle, the group, um, this one led by a vascular surgeon and a radiologist. Uh, a radiologist was Thomas Hatsukami and Chun um, Yuan. They uh, have been very interested in using these methods to look at um, uh, the risk of stroke. So uh, doing carotid uh, MRI to look at the risk of stroke. And there have been also other, um, um, uh, other groups in Oxford, in England, and um, in in several other parts uh, of the world in in whom um, these methods prove to be very accurate um, measures of um, the degree of atherosclerosis affecting a vessel, in the case a large vessel, either the aorta or the, um, uh, or the carotid, that have been the most frequent targets. Um, and that uh, this marker can be uh, uh, manipulated by therapy. In other words, high-dose statins uh, lead to plaque regression to a greater extent than low-dose statins, and therefore it's proved to be quite useful in the modulation of um, atherosclerosis, particularly severe atherosclerosis affecting one vessel territory. Brilliant. So it's a good method to use in the future then. Moving on, you've already told us about the age of the patients you used in the study, but can you tell us a bit more about the design of the study, uh, how many patients there were there, and uh, what was the drug regime you used? Yes, this because the MRI method is so accurate, we actually can measure changes with fewer patients. And uh, in our study, we planned um, a, uh, a study with 100. In the end, we included 145 patients. The age were um, 65 and older, although we had also a um, clause that um, half of the patients had to be 75 and older. So we recruited uh, a group that was older, between 65 and 74, and a group that was older than 75, about half and half. And um, participants received either niacin, 1,500 milligrams daily, or placebo, 
in addition to statin therapy to reach the uh, NCEP uh, guidelines. And those guidelines um, changed a little bit as the trial um, uh, went along because uh, new guidelines came out when we were in the, I think, second year of the trial. Um, so the target was to keep the LDL cholesterol 100 or less because those were the, the NCP guidelines at the time. But then there was an upgrade, uh, an update of those guidelines suggesting that uh, patients with documented atherosclerosis should be kept at 70 uh, LDL or lower. So we moved to that target after those guidelines came came out, and um, that's basically what we used. The statins were free, were whatever statins patients were being treated on, and um, it varied uh, significantly. So we had virtually seventy uh, or to seventy-two people on each of the arms. And they were treated, therefore, with um, ideal statin therapy plus placebo in one arm and plus niacin on the other arm. How well were you able to retain the the participants in the study? One of the big challenges with niacin is that uh, uh, because of the uh, occurrence of uh, pruritus, Patients taking niacin uh, have a high discontinuous rate. In our case, um, our team was actually uh, very successful at keeping the niacin use uh, very high throughout the um, throughout the study. And uh, by using aspirin right before the niacin was taken to control the, the flushing uh, and, and um, uh, symptoms that are so typical of, um, uh, of niacin. That was um, an important um, uh, aspect of our study because drug uh, use was monitored very closely with pill counting at the clinic and we were able to keep a very high rate of um, people on on niacin and really be able to test our hypothesis. So what did you find? So the results of the study showed that um, um, even though we achieved the changes in lipids that we were aiming for, the change in lipids were in the group with statins, we were hoping to increase the HDL by 20%, and um, uh, we reached almost that. And uh, at the same time, that the LDL would be lower to um, about 70, um, and between 70 and 100, we didn't reach 70 in every patient. But they were similar between the two groups, and um, yet the mean carotid wall volume, which was the main parameter of the study, 
showed no difference at all uh, measured before therapy started by MRI at six months, at 12 months, and at 18 months. And this is shown in the figure three of our study, and it's quite conclusive in the sense that um, uh, there was no difference whatsoever between the, the two treatment arms. Um, so this was a study that um, was presented very early in the American Heart Association meetings, um, demonstrating that, um, that niacin did not lead to greater plaque regression when added to, to uh, appropriate statin therapy. How well does your study fit into the current literature? This was a, a very important result because the AIM High study, which was studying thousands of individuals under the same premise that um, niacin plus statins was going to be beneficial uh, in terms of events as opposed to statin uh, placebo therapy alone, that study was negative, just like our study. So in a way, um, this small study with a surrogate marker predicted exactly what the AIM-HIGH study was, um, was going to be. And, um, and then after that, there have been other studies, um, other huge studies using, at, uh, using other strategies to uh, increase the HDL. So instead of niacin, uh, in, including, uh, included other pharmacologic uh, strategies. And um, they showed um, no benefit. Um, just like the AIM High study that used niacin. So it's now, in our view, pretty well established that even though HDL, a baseline, is a predictor of risk in populations, this had been established by the Framingham study years and years ago, manipulation of HDL um, does not produce beneficial results over and above um, a solid uh, treatment with statins to reduce LDL. So the moment you get the LDL to target, which is, should be 70 or 100, the, the um, addition of um, drugs, uh, torcetrafib or uh, niacin, uh, in the extended release niacin like we used or any other uh, formulation of niacin, uh, those products do not provide any additional benefit to the patient um, and add, of course, the collateral uh, and side effects that are typical of adding any other substance. You mentioned some other imaging studies in your in your report, but given the negative results of your study and the AIM High study, would you say that we should always be careful about imaging biomarker studies? So this um, whole adventure um, was very important for other reasons. Um, for example, right before 
uh, well, when this study was first presented at the American Heart Association meetings, and I think was 2009, um, a similar study using carotid ultrasound, which was interrupted early, showed that uh, had a similar had a, a different conclusion. In that study, uh, carotid ultrasound showed. Um, a beneficial effect of of niacin when combined to statins in comparison to statins alone, um, and um, so there was different results by the two surrogate studies, and um, I think the MRI method is being more powerful to measure uh, plaque regression showed that. Um, um, it was aligned with what the clinical studies were going to show. In other words, what I'm trying to say is that if you're trying to measure plaque with carotid ultrasound, the, the error is much greater, and you can be led to believe that uh, uh, niacin, for example, had an effect when in, in reality, if you measure by MRI, it did not. Uh, the regression of plaque was the same in the two arms, and no matter how we looked at it, uh, plaque characteristics, plaque uh, uh, size, um, every parameter that we that we measured by MRI was similar between the arms that took statin plus placebo versus statin plus niacin. So, I think. Um, on one side, this study teaches us that using surrogate markers is very valuable um, as long as the surrogate marker is uh, precise enough, accurate enough to measure the process you are trying to uh, test and uh, that you are interested in. In this case, could niacin provide additional effect on atherosclerosis by increasing, by modulating HDL levels? Um, and the answer is no. Thank you so much, Dr. Lima. That's absolutely fascinating. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. You were very well. If you found that interesting, there are more podcasts from Heart and from more journals that the BMJ publishes. They're all available for free online. So check them out at podcasts.bmj.com. Thank you for listening.